Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Tuesday, February 28th in Hong Kong, Monday, February 27th in New York. And coming up today, Treasury Secretary Yellen is confident the Fed will win its battle with inflation. Canada is the latest country to enforce TikTok restrictions. After the bell, Zoom sales meet estimates as the company copes with customer churn. UK and EU headed a post-Brexit economic deal regarding Northern Ireland. More U.S. pressure on China regarding Russia. Hong Kong mask mandate decision may come as early as today. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Let's take a closer look at the comments here from Janet Yellen. The Treasury Secretary is confident in the Fed's ability to bring down U.S. inflation. Yellen spoke with CNN from Kiev, where she made an unexpected appearance to reinforce economic support from the Biden administration. I personally believe that um, it's possible to bring inflation down um, while maintaining. We have a very strong labor market. I think we, we can maintain it, I would say, so far so good. Obviously, there are risks, and um, the global situation we face is very uncertain. There can be shocks from it. But look, inflation still is too high. But generally, if you look over the last year, inflation has been coming down. Her remarks came days after an unexpectedly strong reading on the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. Doug? Well, after the bell, Zoom video communications gave an upbeat profit forecast for the current period. We have more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It is a sign that customers are sticking with the video conferencing software, even as they return to pre-pandemic habits. The outlook suggests Zoom is finding its footing again after a dramatic boom and bust cycle during the pandemic. The shares soared in 2020 when pandemic lockdowns sent office workers and consumers clamoring for its platform. But Zoom's stock lost most of its value in 2021 and 2022. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Yet another country has joined the list of those banning TikTok in some capacity. We get the story with Bloomberg's Ann Cates. 
Canada will bar civil servants from using TikTok on government-issued devices starting Tuesday. The move follows similar bans made in the last year by the EU and the U.S. TikTok is owned by China's ByteDance. Canada's chief information officer cited an unacceptable level of risk to privacy and security. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said the curbs on civil servant devices are a first step in keeping Canadians safe. Even so, he didn't commit to other actions, such as banning TikTok from public access. Last week, four privacy regulators in Canada launched an inquiry citing concerns of data collection and compliance with laws around dealing with younger users. Ann Cates, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Meantime, here in the U.S., a top Republican lawmaker says China is using TikTok to expand its influence around the world. We have more from Bloomberg's David Inglis. Republican Mike Gallagher argues the app should be banned completely or sold off. Gallagher is now chairman of a new House committee scrutinizing China. He says it's urgent that the U.S. and Chinese economies be decoupled. The bipartisan House committee will also review other aspects of U.S. competition with China, and that includes export controls and outbound investment. The committee is set to hold its first hearing on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Washington time. In Hong Kong, I'm David Inglis, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The Adani Group is said to have told investors at a roadshow it has plenty of cash to honor its commitments over the coming years. We get the story from Bloomberg's Annabelle Drewlers. Investors at the company's Asia Roadshow told Bloomberg that Adani executives are confident about having enough cash on hand. The executives also said the firm has an $800 million credit facility. Adani has scheduled a week of meetings as part of its effort to reinsure investors after a negative short seller report. Even with the reassurances, most Adani stocks fell in the latest session. Separately, JB Morgan has wiped its ESG portfolios clean of their exposure to the Adani empire. The Roadshow continues today in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, I'm Annabelle Drawlers, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner, and we are looking at conditions in these markets. Uh, It seems like still a negative tint, but investors are sort of in this position of respecting the price action versus uh, don't fight the Fed. Yeah, and this week we've got a couple of key data points, Brian. The ISM Manufacturing Index on Wednesday and then the Services Index on Friday. Bloomberg Economics is convinced we're going to see continued weakness in new orders, particularly um, troublesome because these ISM figures are viewed as being a leading signal for demand. So clearly the economy is softening in terms of the overall growth. The question remains, will inflation be sticky? And we had the U.S. pending home sales uh, rising by the most since June of 2020. The Fed might not like to see that. We also had Dow Transports jumping 1.3% today. Now, a lot of that was Union Pacific, Doug. It was up 10%. And that was mostly uh, a story about an activist investor and and, uh, switching out the CEO. Uh, But it is uh, interesting that the transports uh, performed so well, also that the SOX was up. And those are economically sensitive. So there are a lot of cross currents here that investors are dealing with. Yeah, and remember... Remember in the Friday session, in the face of that heavy selling, uh, the S&P 500 was able to hold that 200-day moving average. For many market technicians, they're convinced that uh, maybe in the near term, at least, the bottom is in. Yeah, it may be that investors are now suggesting that inflation has peaked. We know everything about what the Fed is planning to do, and we're comfortable with it. Could be wrong, could be complacent, but it is an interesting uh, position. It's time for Global News. The UK and the EU have reached a new deal on Northern Ireland's trading arrangements. Ed Baxter has global news in the 960 newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, that's right. And it is being hallmarked, Brian. It is called the Windsor Framework. This is the beginning of a new chapter 
in our relationship. Our Prime Minister Rishi Sunak there saying it opens a door for goods to move from Britain and Europe to Northern Ireland. This means that if food is available on supermarket shelves in Great Britain, then it will be available on supermarket shelves in Northern Ireland. And unlike the protocol, today's agreement means people sending parcels to friends or family or doing their shopping online will have to complete no customs paperwork. And drugs being made more accessible going both directions, and Sunak says it sets a clear system if Northern Ireland feels EU controls are becoming too cumbersome. Sunak calls it a decisive moment. U.S. day-to-day trying to put more pressure on China to not help Russia in any way in its war effort. National Security Council Communications Director John Kirby today on Bloomberg says it is, well, it's just very simple. Uh, They do have a choice to make, and we want them to make the right choice. We'd like to see them join the rest of the international community in condemning this invasion, uh, in in enforcing sanctions, uh, and doing nothing to make it easier for Mr. Putin to continue to conduct this war. Now, Kirby says it's not in their interest to help Russia. Meanwhile, on the report regarding the U.S. Energy Department saying it is more than likely that COVID started in a China biologic lab. The president believes it's really important that we continue that work and that we find out as best we can how it started so that we can better prevent a future pandemic. Yeah, Kirby is also saying today no definitive answer. The White House is saying no consensus. Meanwhile, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov is saying that China's proposal on Ukraine deserves great attention. Bloomberg sources are saying that Hong Kong's official announcement regarding ending mask mandates may come as early as today. Multiple media reports have said that early March indoor and outdoor mask requirements may be removed at the same time. Hong Kong's official response has been that the health department is examining all the data, so maybe as early as today. A lot of movement in the Republican Party's contest for presidential nomination. Ron DeSantis has a book signing coming out tomorrow, and Bloomberg's Rick Davis says it really now has the wheels in motion. Just a few miles away from Mar-a-Lago, uh, I think Ron DeSantis uh, taunting uh, Donald Trump a little bit with a bunch of major donors from all over the country, many of whom used to be Trump donors. But Bloomberg's Jeannie Sanzano reminds us. The reality is, if you look at the polls, Donald Trump remains very much in the lead. And depending on which poll you think about or you look at, Ron DeSantis either edging him out or very close second and everyone else from, you know, Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Uh, you know, former Vice President Mike Pence, all sort of far, far distant. Let the games begin. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat. And our guest is Eva Ados, COO and Chief Investment Strategist at ER Shares. 
Ava, thanks very much for taking out the time to be with us. Uh, you probably heard Doug and I just discussing there about how investors have had some time now to discount Fed policy and sticky inflation. We've seen a pullback in February, but it, it may not be to the extent that some of the bears would like. Why? Well, we need to remember that the, the yield curve is still inverted, but it, it experienced a recent shift up. The rise was significant and now implies choppy waters are ahead. Uh, but rising rates are rarely helpful to equities. And we have noticed that in the last year that long duration assets are not doing that well. And tech and high growth stocks in particular are, are most vulnerable to rising interest rates. But as a prelude to recent events, rates peaked in the third week of October and then started to drop um, at year end until early February. So it's not surprisingly that rate declines corresponded with a strong market rally coinciding with a shrinking two year and 10-year yield spread differential. So what, what you know, the two and 10-year Treasury yield spreads widen in February from 47 to 87 bips. And so we're expecting this, you know, hawkishness to continue and that CPI will continue to increase. And I think investors are getting more and more concerned with, uh, with what we saw in recent evidence with the last CPI reading. Okay, Eva, you know, you, you look at the data and you see how strong the U.S. economy is. And, you know, many people are now talking about their, you know, not, not there being a soft or a hard landing, but no landing. But you, you're suggesting that's simply not going to happen. Why? So, um, so a non-landing to us where the economy will continue to expand is, is just not a likely scenario anymore. We saw the recent CPI data that suggests inflation is, you know, incre increasingly rising. And then you have the rising consumer spending, too. In fact, um, consumer spending for products increased by 2.8%. A consumer spending for services increased by 1.3%. So th these news all have given the Fed... A a green light to increase rates by more than we previously expected. So it's clear that we're going to see at least two or possibly even three 25 basis point rate hikes or perhaps a 50 base, a basis point and another 25. And so this, I think, you know, has shaken the market that the Fed is going to take a tough stand on inflation, which means that growth will come further down and will have more layoffs potentially. And so this is not, not a no lending scenario. We've had a lot of interest in the bond market here in the past month or so. It seems like everybody's talking about uh, how exciting it is to get around 5% for short-term Treasury debt. Uh, but there's some rollover risk there, right? Uh, how much is that forcing investors to make some tough decisions? So the yield curve, the, the news with the yield curve is that the shift, the 25 basis point shift was across the whole yield curve, both in short term and, and the long term. And so we did not see a twist, which is the good news here. So I think we now have to digest that we have another 25 basis point rate hike and that the Fed rate will reach 5.25 or 5.5 even uh, percent. But once you digest that and once that we incorporate that into the current valuations, and I think a lot of this work has already be, been done in the last few um, days. I think once that's done, we'll see the markets come back again strongly. So in what particular industry groups are you looking in particular? 
So what what we're doing, we're investing in entrepreneurial companies and entrepreneurs by and traditionally are, are the ones who can best navigate complex economies such as the one we live in. And so we need to stay focused on relative valuation and cash flow generation. And I think the market is now rewarding companies that deliver immediately rather than future promises. So we, you know, we're moving on with looking at what are the companies delivering now. And we also have larger than usual amounts of cash right now, which we are about to redeploy opportunistically as we see that the markets have already digested the new news that we got for inflation. So our, our flagship ETF is now 17% up year to date just because it's heavily uh, invested in growth and we saw in, uh, inflation mm. come down earlier this year, which helped yeah. our growth strategy. Yeah, so that's an interesting flip from the action last year. Let's talk just briefly about China. Is there now a kind of permanent equity discount for China stocks, uh, given what we've seen from policy of late, uh, a discount similar to what we have with Korean shares? So the global tensions have created a risk discount, um, making, I think, traders traders now wary of the continuing attractiveness of the investment in China. And last time we spoke, uh, I was bullish on China, actually. But now, given the China-US relations that are very tense, the balloon, the conflict with Russia, Ukraine, the weapons, the purchase of Russian oil, tensions with Taiwan, all these political tensions are very high and perhaps among the highest they've been in a long time. So the, if you look at the HSI, the Hang Seng Index, that has rallied by 50% in the last three months. That's a significant appreciation in a very short period of time. So no. I think it's not a bad time to take profits off. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.